What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode 98 of the Anthony John Amix podcast. And today I want to bring you one of my past students from Project Shift to share his copywriting tips for writing social media posts that help you build an audience and generate more sales. So if you've ever wanted to know like how to write better content that's actually going to cut through the noise, so back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Anthony John Amix podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, welcome back. Today I'm bringing you an incredible guy all the way from France. His name is Roy Ramston. He's worked in Olympic sailing for 20 years, uh, managing events, and for the last three years, he's parlayed his life experience and he's been mentoring and coaching experts who are ready to get their business online. Now, Roy believes that the old way of sales and marketing is completely broken, and he believes that those who have not evolved are the ones who are struggling. And he's found that mastering the art of storytelling is one of the paths that actually helps experts make a lot more money and grow their business. Now, before I bring Rory on, if you're an expert who wants to experience more peace, power, and profits, like I would love to help you out. And after coaching hundreds of experts and training thousands of others, I found there are three steps that will help you escape the internal pressure that keeps you frustrated, unfulfilled, and burnt out, have unshakable clarity, confidence, and certainty, and lead your industry and your market and your team and your clients with driven inspiration and conviction and power. And one of the best ways I've found to help someone break through to a new level of freedom and purpose and success is by like talking with them. <laughs> Imagine that, like talking with them to get clear on where they're at, where they want to go and help them find like what is the real problem that's keeping them feeling stuck and stalled out. So if you're ready to truly create the results that you know you're capable of creating, Simply go to talkwithaj.com to schedule a time to talk with me. And I know with 100% certainty that on that call, we can find what is the real problem holding you back and help you create a game plan for getting to your next level. Because the, the reality is, is like if you're stuck or stalled out, if you knew what the real problem was, you'd solved it by now. But if you're still stuck and stalled out, then you don't, right? That's why you have a problem. So if you want to break through to your next level of success, simply go to talkwithaj.com. So that being said, let's bring Rory onto the show. Rory, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. It really is. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. There's not a single person better than I know than you to talk about storytelling and marketing and life and business and the ups and the downs and all of it, man. So I'm super excited to have you here. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be uh, looking forward to a fun conversation. Yeah, stories, stories, stories. Stories have been around since the dawn of time. They actually, have. they have. Yeah, and and I'm curious, what's probably one of the craziest stories? Uh, that you have from your life? Ooh, um, that's a cool, let me think. Uh, <laughs> that's coming off the shoulder, that is. Okay, well, how about this one then? Um, standing watch in a 30-foot sailing boat in the middle of the Atlantic in a gale. That's already and, amazing. Uh, 
We're going downwind um, with storms rigged for the storm and um, the, all the hatches are shut and I'm on watch, alone on deck. And uh, a wave breaks over the back of the boat and I suddenly get this feeling that something is grasping me round the neck and the cockpit fills with water and I look down and my life jacket, which is a, operated on a gas bottle, has um, inflated. And it only, they're, they're set to inflate six feet under the water. Mm. So that just shows you how much water came over the back of the boat. Wow. <laughs> That's intense. Now, was this Paul, like when you were sailing, like what, for fun? Or yeah, we were sailing from... Uh, the Azores to the northwest of Scotland. Oh, crazy. My, I've thought about, like, I don't know, I've always been very drawn to sailboats. I, I used to own one. It was like a 23 or 26-footer. It was a project boat that I never got around to it, and I sold it for more money than I'd bought it. And I never, I've wanted to sail, and my wife is like, we should sail around the world. And then I hear stories like this. I'm like, no, I, I don't want to be but <laughs> under a water there like i'm no it's just too nebulous like the the ocean is so terrifying to me and yet i'm still drawn to the ocean well you still you certainly um get uh you're certainly put in context as a human being uh when you're standing uh on a small sailboat with sailing down waves um, which could take a minute or two because they're quite big. I mean, the the ocean swells have waves on top of them. Mm. So, uh, uh, yeah. So the swell, you say, may take a while because it's an, we were sailing an old 32-footer. And um, so you sail it in a completely different style to um, if you had a modern uh racing ocean racing yacht which sure. you sail in a completely different way yeah so um uh yeah it's um it's challenging put it that way totally you totally feel you certainly feel fully present in the moment yeah and is that what you enjoyed about sailing is it brought you into the present uh it's that's something i've said i've sailed ever since i could swim Okay. And um, the it's a challenge. It's a challenge that you have to make able. You have to be able to make decisions um, in the moment uh, based on what's going on around you. So you have to be self-sufficient and able to to just go with it, you know, give yourself up to it and accept it uh, for what it is. And, you know, you manage your boat and the boat will protect you. Amazing. I like how you have much, so much faith in your boat. <laughs> That's very nice. I just have these pictures of like waves crashing to the boat and the boat falling apart and then being adrift on a piece of wood in the nebulous <laughs> ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you don't set off on one of these journeys uh, without doing a lot of preparation. Awesome. And that means the boat is checked from end to end and from top to bottom. And 
the engine is checked and uh, if you've got generators there checked and uh, everything is checked before you leave and then every day while you're out there on the ocean you check um, you have a routine to check things um, on another trip we were somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic and it was flat calm so we took the opportunity to go to the top of the mast to check the the main halyard, the rope holding up the main sail, because it was going over a pulley at the top of the mast, of course. And the the you know after a few weeks, it going backwards and forwards, it starts to wear. And we you know if you don't check these things on a regular basis, that when when the storm does happen, the waste product hits the ventilator because something breaks and you know once uh, things start to go wrong they go from bad to worse very quickly mm. and i think this is a good segue like just talking about preparation into the game of storytelling um into marketing you know i see a lot of people they're writing copy they're writing value they're publishing it on their timelines whether it's on facebook or instagram or linkedin or wherever they're publishing content and there, I feel like maybe there's a switch happening. And I've seen you're one of the, yeah, you're one of the few people who I've seen that are adopting the switch where it's going from like providing value to providing stories. And I feel like there's a lot of preparation, maybe there's not, that takes place to be able to create good stories. Are you seeing in the marketplace right now for coaches and course creators, people have personal brands that if they're using kind of an old methodology where it's maybe just, add value, add value. And when I say add value, it's more like three ways to do this, two ways to do this, seven mistakes to do this, more like authority post, that their engagement's decreasing because the, I don't know, the mind of man is just bored with that. And there's a transitioning happening to storytelling. Is, is that, do you see that happening or am I making that up? Because I could be. No, I mean, I, well, those list type posts, you know, three ways to do this and five ways to do this and so on. Um, they've been around for a very long time and, you know, they're always people, I mean, human beings love lists. They love those things, but why not, um, why not? Yeah. Write a post like that by all means, but incorporate, incorporate a story into it because actually, um, the story becomes more memorable in a way, um, the list becomes more memorable because the story um, is associated with it and people remember the story and therefore um, your message is going to be received more openly rather than just churning out the same old, same old um, uh, authority posts, value posts, um, change it up a bit story as i said it's been around since the dawn of time and really if you can tell stories it's a a much more engaging way of uh entertaining your audience well i mean that's the reason people are on social media in the first place typically it's the new television they're going there because they just want to kill time i mean the vast majority of the time they're mindlessly scrolling like I don't like what I'm experiencing or I'm bored or whatever. So let me scroll. And so 
they're not really there to learn typically. And so if you're writing a story post, it makes sense to me that you would get more engagement because you are entertaining. And if you can do that, what do they call that? Edutainment, where you can educate and entertain at the same time, which is actually a pretty, I think it's a hard skill set to really master. Some people are really good at it. Um, but if you can master that skill set, I think that's that's where like the goodness is, almost like the secret gold mine is, is when you can educate. Yeah, them. absolutely. I mean, if you can do it and um, yeah, entertain, be a little bit funny and make a serious point um, all at the same time, then you're a master of your craft. Yeah. So how do people start writing stories in this game of, you know, value-based marketing? How do they start bringing in some of these ancient storytelling principles that have been around since the dawn of time? Well, um, I guess it all starts with who your ideal client is, because of course you're not necessary. You're not writing stories about yourself. You're writing stories um, or for yourself, you're writing stories for for your audience, and you only become relevant to your stories. Only become relevant to that audience when they, when you're able to um, use your experience to show that you are just like them. And you've been down that same road that they're traveling down. And this is what you learned in the process. Then you could tell a story about you, but not, you don't really have to tell any stories about yourself. There are icons you can talk about. I mean, uh, Steve Jobs is a favorite one. Uh, Elon Musk is another storyteller. Um, you know, these people are people, these icons, these people are known by everybody and are useful examples for um, messages you want to put across. Yeah. Have you ever read um, a book called Winning the Story Wars by Jonah Sachs? No, I haven't. It's a fantastic book. It's an older book. I don't remember the year it came out, maybe 2009, 10, 11. I don't, I don't remember. But the framework was all about stories. And the argument that he makes is kind of there's a war for stories. Whoever has the best storyline is going to win. And there's a few, few concepts he introduces, which is freaks, cheats, and familiars. And how every story, like a really good story, has a freak, a cheat, and a familiar. The cheat, like human nature, doesn't like cheaters, right? So if you can craft a cheater into the story, then you automatically can create like a bonding with your ideal client because we are all like, fuck that cheater. Um, and then the familiar thing is like the archetype that you're bringing in. That's something they're familiar with, like something from popular culture. For instance, they were running um, something for a nonprofit. I forgot what film it was, what documentary they're working on, but essentially they took the storyline from the matrix. Are you familiar with the movie, the matrix with yeah. Neo? Okay. So they took that kind of storyline and the characters and they intertwined it with farm animals. So they had Mufius instead of Morpheus, they had Mufius <laughs> who was a cow and it was, a, and the whole nonprofit thing was kind of this anti meat type of documentary. So it's just kind of funny to have Mufius and I forgot what the other farm animals were and how they played into the storyline. But they had they had that that framework where they're using something familiar from popular culture. They had the cheat, 
uh, and they had the freak thing too. And they crafted this really brilliant three minute or five minute marketing video that really went viral um, at the time. So yeah, great book. If you never read it, um, Jonah Sachs. You're actually merging two different ideas together into one story. Exactly. I mean, and of course, every story has a hero. Yeah. And that hero is uh, Mufius or Neo or whoever it exactly. is. But that story is not you. But then the, that hero, rather, is not you. And then there is the villain. And the villain is there as the, the foil for the hero. The person who introduces the tension or there's a tension between the two and every good story has to have that tension and the and the conflict is what creates the 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 tension and why because then uh, we get sucked in. We get sucked in from being participants, uh, from spectators to being participants, and we start to uh, start rooting for our hero and how they're going to overcome the the uh, the foil and really uh, win the day and achieve that goal. Every story must have a goal as well. So mm. all these things really start to work together. And actually you can, when you were talking about tension, there is an external conflict, which is, uh, in a story, there's the external conflict, which is the external journey your your uh, your hero is going on, and then in going on that journey, there's an internal conflict as well. He is being moved out of his, or she is being moved out of her comfort zone and evolving and becoming a different person. So there's a you know, two levels of a story, um, the external and the internal. And then to go with that, there is that philosophical conflict as well um, about whether I should do this or uh, I need to do that or whether I ought to do something. So you've got three levels of conflict in a in a story and um, you know, weaving it all together is not something, you know, you can do in five minutes. It's yeah. a, um, it takes practice. Yeah, and I want to talk about conflict uh, a little bit. And that was one of the things I learned from running the story war is that the greatest stories have conflict and even some of the greatest marketing posters conflict. And one of the principles in storytelling, one of the principles in writing good copy is a frame of an us versus them like it's us versus them right and i'm really struggling yeah, I mean, that with that right now your your ideal client pointing at the villain exactly and so here's my problem with that i'm curious what your take on this is so right now at least in american politics there's a whole narrative being created which is us versus them I see certain marketers who are creating a stance on us versus them. Um, and it's creating division. And I understand it. Like it's, it's a very brilliant marketing ploy to create us versus them. But I'm wondering is, is there a way to create an us versus them that doesn't create division in the marketplace or is it, 
or is there it just going to be that way? There's just going to be division in the marketplace. Let me see if I can make this like super relevant. So there's some people who come into the marketplace and they're going to attack um, Brunson. They're going to attack Tony. They're going to attack the leaders in the industry saying, well, their ways are the old ways and they don't work. My way is a new way. And so it's kind of an us versus them framework. Or they may say being in this way is wrong. So for instance, let's, let's do another one. Let's do like victims versus uh, sovereignty, okay? We could say those who are sovereign creators um, are good people. Those who are um, victimized, entitled people are bad people. And so then the sovereign people are taking a stand and wanting to call up these other people to rise up to create because this is the way. Well, this... This does a good thing in the game of marketing. I can see this. This allows the rally cry for the sovereign creators to rally around and be like, yes. And at the same time, we're villainizing this part of the audience. And as a result, we're going to create division uh, upon humanity. And I'm wondering if there's a middle way to lead without creating division in a us versus them. And I don't know the answer. Well, um, I mean, with the example you've just given is is personalizing the division. It's you know the, as you say the sovereign creators against against uh, the others, and for me it's not that you don't create a difference in your marketing by throwing rocks at other people. Um, they have their way, as you say so often, there are many ways up the mountain. They have their route up the mount mountain, their functional way of achieving their goal works for them. You have a different way of doing, uh, of of going up the mountain, the way, the functional way you um, you uh, approach the the challenge is different. So for me, it's not about throwing rocks at Russell Brunson or Tony Robbins. It's contrast and compare their method with your method, um, and what makes your method different your the way that you approach it after all um people in the marketplace uh talk about mindset all the time and then two people come along and talk about um core power um that's a different functional way of achieving uh, a goal and perhaps a more effective way of achieving the goal. And you and Jonathan have produced this idea, this core power idea, which sets you apart without throwing rocks at anybody else. Hmm. Do you think we could do a better job in creating us and versus that, them storylines? Um, I mean, for me, it's about there are, there are three parts to it. There's the functional goal that uh, in your storyline, the what 
you uh, the ex which is an external goal normally, and then there's um, an emotional goal which is the internal transformation, and that you know there is then of course the philosophical piece or the that and that could be uh, demonstrated with a, by a social need to to appear in a certain way so it's uh the short answer to your question is i will have i'd have to think about your messaging in a lot more detail to give you a straight answer but uh my question in return would be are you approaching your messaging on those three different levels or are you only approaching it on the one level, the core power against the mindset, um, which is the functional level, or are you taking it deeper down the other two down to the other other two levels? I think we've done a really good job recently of doing external, uh, internal, but I don't know if we're hitting that third point of philosophical. Do you mind sharing more about like what is a philosophical conflict and how do we create it within our story uh, frameworks? Well, when, when, okay, so let, we've got the, let's, let's uh, um, think of this then. We've got this um, situation where there is an external conflict. Um, say, just to bring it down to the most prosaic basic level, that um, you're getting married or you're moving house in your case in, in uh, uh, tomorrow morning. And um, that causes a conflict because all over your house, there are boxes full of stuff uh, all ready to go. And then there are a whole bunch of other things you don't know what you're going to do with because you haven't got the boxes to put them in. So there's an external conflict. And then, the emotional stuff is, um, oh my God, am I ever going to get this done? Am I ever going to get ready in time? So there is an emotional conflict. And then finally, the, this, this uh, philosophical piece comes in and, and you start saying to yourself, I ought to hire another van. I ought to um, get some help. I'll never be able to do this by myself. Um, and that is, you know, when you start thinking, when those words come into your head with the I ought to and I or I need to, then you are moving into the realms of philosophy and belief. And it is there that, um, for me anyway, my marketing starts with that belief. Awesome. Because... That is your ideal client's starting belief that they need to um, do something to make their business better to achieve the goal they want to achieve. So the functional and the emotional. And when they have when they have when you understood what the starting belief is you can then look at the 
belief that they need to have before they will buy from you. And so that could be um, that they need to believe that AJ is the uh, coach for them. No matter what it costs, they're going to they're gonna work with you. So A to Z, and there are a number of beliefs and ideas and concepts that you need to instill in or seed in their minds and get them to accept to so that they can move from one belief to the other awesome. in a in a logical simple process without realizing that all this is going on at all so, so what the, you say is essentially it's like you're to start with you're painting a picture of a problem that they can point at like you started by painting a picture of boxes in my house because I'm moving. So we could point to the boxes. I could show you the boxes and how they're all on my kid's playroom. And those are so many boxes over there. So that would be a problem we can point at that's in, in the client's world. Then you followed that down to the emotional line and maybe you're feeling like whatever that internal feeling of that is, the overwhelm, the frustration, whatever. And then we went deeper and said, and maybe you're thinking, when is this ever going to be done? Maybe I need to hire movers. Whoa, this is like now. So we went from pretty much problem we can point at to what are you feeling to what are they thinking? And then you're... To what, yeah, to what they're really, um, they're trying to, in that thinking, they're trying to identify a solution. Yeah. So to turn it around in another way, um maybe uh, your business is stuck and not doing as well as it should do or that you hoped it would do. So uh, that is causing you to work mm, seven days a week and you're not spending as much time with your family as you should and your other half is... Um, getting frustrated and the tension is building between you and then you feel well i ought to hire somebody to really help me straighten this out so that i can really honor the people i love and uh live the life i want to so there is a starting belief so they have to They've got this starting belief. They've got this feeling that in their heads that they need to do this. So they're on Facebook. They are sort of just checking people out and um, seeing who resonates with them. But if you can tell stories and engage them in a process um, which will move them from that starting belief to the belief that they need to hire you. And they, um, by moving through a logical series of steps, the first, I mean, you talk about moving from resistance to receptive to, to super fans. Well, you know, that's woven into that belief, logical belief, uh, process 
Um, two, so you have to think about it on several different levels. Awesome. And um, it gives the way that you post on Facebook or on your blog or wherever you're posting a, you know, every day what you're going to turn up and write about because you've got this logical, what I call inception engine to refer to um, when you get to, to start writing stories. And once you know what the message or the message is that you want to deliver, then you can source a story that illustrates the point. And once you, so you've got a message and you've got a story, and then you've just got to weave it together and finish with the lessons learned, which could be the five things that you need to do to uh, unstick your business. Awesome. Now, are there multiple storytelling frameworks? Like, you know, there's different types of posts, like in our client bridge method, we have, you know, the the providing value posts and the poly pocket post and the polls and all, all these different types of posts to help get people from being receptive to a raving fan. Are story posts the same way where there are various different types of stories or is it simpler where it's just like you have your, your, your message essentially external, internal and the, the, the philosophical piece. And then you're just wrapping that into stories that are illustrating that. Um, yeah, I actually have, you know, you, um, 18 different story styles because that gives you variety awesome. on your, um, timeline so you're not constantly having to write long posts yourself um it gives your uh, the people looking at your posts a variety of different stories to consume and after all you can write a story in three sentences if you want to um and actually i think hemingway wrote a story in six words so um you know, it gets down to the fact, you know, short stories take longer because every word counts. So, um, yeah, uh, variety counts. But then um, I have now uh, 25 or 26 different story frameworks that you can use. Um, so that when you sit down to write a story, and you're not a proficient storyteller, um, you can just fill out the boxes, so to speak, and then copy paste um, what you've written into a Google Doc, and there you have a well-structured story. Awesome. What are your favorite uh, two types? What are your top two favorite story types? Um, the there's a five there's a uh, a five step story structure which is the the setup which is the life they are uh, your ideal client is living now which is uh, could otherwise be called empathy and then there is the rising action uh, which is um, them moving across the start line of their journey and going and the, the beginning of the journey, that's the step 
two. Then step three is the climax to the journey where they are they overcome the the dragon and they realize they've overcome the the dragon because um, of a very clear and well-defined uh, result that they've seen. And then you move from there to the falling action. This is where you're bringing it home. You're, you're telling um, about the, uh, the, the, the fallout from the climax, if you like. And finally, the resolution, the fifth step, which is um, tying it all together and uh, delivering the lessons learned and closing with um, a call to action if that's what you want to do. So awesome. a five-step series, or you can have the same thing, which is a three-step series, uh, or you know, you can, a short story, you should, with a short story, when I say uh, in, in uh, book form, a short story, you can't start with a setup. You have to drop people, um, and you can do this in a Facebook post, uh, probably, about, uh, probably a long Facebook post. You can drop people into the middle of the action where the dramatic moment, um, where for I told you the story about me standing in a cockpit with a wave crashing over my head and my life jacket inflating and the cockpit full of water. It was a it's a dramatic moment where you can you to where you can start the story and suck somebody in and and get them to want to read the next line. And when you've, when you've done that, you can go back, you can backpedal and explain how you got into this situation in the first place and what you're doing there, giving it context before moving on. So, you know, there are many different ways of, opening the uh, opening the story. Um, mm. I love uh, reading an author called Lee, Lee Child. Do you know him? I've heard of him, yeah, but I haven't read his yeah. work. He, he, it's um, simple, uh, easy uh, books you'd read on the beach on a holiday, so to speak. Not demanding at all but really well-written, fast-moving action. And um, Lee Child is, in fact, an English guy living in the United States whose hero is um, an ex-military MP who's at loose in the world in the United States, running into all types of different problems and resolving them. And he tells great stories that you can't put down. And if you want to learn to tell stories, then read great stories because that will, if, if only by osmosis, help you to tell great stories too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, read a lot and, and 
write every day is if you're going to tell stories. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see uh, like personal brand leaders making when it comes to writing their copy? Um, it's about them. And uh, actually, um, a purpose-driven purpose brand is able to connect um, with an audience as I say, on those three different levels, functional, emotional, and, uh, and social. And, um, you know, you see those posts about, you know, I was, uh, I read one the other day, actually. I, um, I drove out of the garage in my new Porsche. Uh, I was faking it before I could make it. And I was wondering how I was going to pay for it. I think those were the kind of opening lines. And um, I guess that would appeal to some people. But to me, it was like, no, move on straight away. So it's, you know, if your story is got I on every other line, uh, for me, it's not a good story. Uh, it's about you and what, uh, in other words, your audience, what they're going through every day. And only uh, after making the connection and expressing what they're going through, do you or could you consider... Um, showing them that you are just like they are because by telling a story of of your experience perhaps but you don't have to use as i say you don't have to use your own experience you could use a narrative from a movie like neo and we were talking about that earlier or we could you know you could take anything from a book you've written or re read rather or an event you saw going on in the local coffee shop where you were uh checking your emails you know if you can take some event that happened to you today or you that you saw happening uh, during your day and weave it into the post and draw a conclusion that delivers a message to uh, your audience that resonates with them, then, you know, you're doing well. Stories are everywhere. It's that reticular activating system that uh, Jonathan talks about the whole time that if you, if you are looking for stories, if your brain knows you want, you're looking for a story, it will show you them. Yeah, yeah. I always used to say that life is giving us marketing content every single day. Like every single day, life is giving us something to respond to. And if we have this awareness, like you're talking about, of look, which is like, what am I learning right now? How does this apply to my ideal audience? What's the lesson for them? You never, you can never run out of like content and stories. Exactly. I remember I created a video once and it actually performed really well. 
it was about dog shit. Like I, I walked out of the luxury condo we were, were staying at. This was four or five years ago. And there was just a huge pile of dog shit on the sidewalk. And I just, I don't know why, but it inspired me. I pulled out my camera and I was like, so here is a big pile of dog shit. And I was like, yeah. I have two options right now. Number one, I'm really upset. Somebody didn't pick up their shit. So I could bitch and complain about it all day long. I could pick it up and move it. I think I'm going to decide is to leave it there. But my whole point of this video is, is there shit in your life and you have choices? Do you want to move it? You can do that. Or do you want to bitch and complain about it? You can do that. So whatever you're going through today, if it's some shit, figure out how you want to create your day. And that was like the end of the video, but it was just so like perfect. It took like two minutes because to create it. took something that happened to you in that day and right. gave it a meaning. Right. The right. Dog shit became more than just a pile of dog shit. Exactly. 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 So good. So it really is us just having awareness of, of asking that question like, man, what am I experiencing right now? Or what am I seeing other people experience? And then how can I tie that back to my message and extract a lesson for my ideal client? And then just doing that consistently. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't have to be long. I mean, you know, uh, a thousand word post is a heavy post on, on Facebook, but you can do it in five minutes if you really, um, if you're really on it, you know, you've got your, your short video of a pile of dog shit and your, your tell a quick story. Boom. Done. Mm -hmm. How long been... did it take you to tell that story? Minutes. Yeah, it took minutes. Now you've been and in yet this... it delivered us yet it delivered a very strong point. Right. So you've been in this game a long time, and I'm curious because these are things I'm being reminded of when I first started my whole journey, uh, 2011, 2012. And I think maybe some of us, uh, at least me for sure, I look back at things I've learned, um, strategies for 2011, 2012, 13. And in digital marketing, I mean, a year is like four years, I mean, or seven years. I mean, the game moves so seven fast. Years, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And so do you think some of those principles uh, still work in today's market? Because more and more people are creating content. And is it really that, is it really still, still that simple for somebody to ship these messages and build an audience? And it really is just the, the consistency of the shipping of the message or is there more that has to be done to be able to stand up to garner attention and really build a following these days? No, I think it, you know stories as a, as we as we know is, have been around for since the dawn of time, and but they engage people and they work. Awesome. And they will go on working whether we're talking about Madison Avenue or Facebook or Facebook's successor whenever that happens, because we know the next president of the United States is going to legislate for better or for worse um, uh, social media. So whatever happens um, to social media in the future, it is just a delivery mechanism. It is what it is and uh, radio, TV, newspapers, magazines, um, they are all just delivery mechanisms. Whether you believe in 
click funnels or groove pages or whatever it is. They're just delivery mechanisms. What matters is the connection that you have with your audience and the way you build that emotional bridge is by telling stories mm. because uh, stories uh, are able to, to build a community and build a group of people around you. And after all, we don't need a lot of people to have a good business yeah. as um, you know, a thousand true fans. If you had a thousand true fans willing to buy everything that you were, uh, which you created, you'd have a good business. Yeah. It's so funny you say this because I, I was on a sales call yesterday with a guy who came into project shift and he's, he's just starting his business and he's like, man, I just, I don't know what to do. I, I have a YouTube following of like 40,000 subscribers and I don't know if that's a good business or if I should do something with it. I'm like, well, hold up. You have a YouTube channel <laughs> with 40,000 subscribers. Are you freaking kidding me right now? He's like, yeah, I just kind of did this off the whim doing a yoga channel. And I don't know, I don't know what to do with it or if I should just close it down or if I can make money with it. <laughs> so here's a guy who has 40,000 people rather than a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> And but doesn't know 40, how to monetize it yet. He's got 40,000 engaged people. Now he's got to, to segment that group into just, uh, you know, from sim to put it simply, tire kickers into uh, and action takers and, and go from there. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome, man. Uh, last question for you today is like, if you could go back in time and give yourself some wisdom to help yourself collapse time and get results faster, what would you tell yourself? Um, I would say very quickly that uh, I wish Project Shift had, had uh, existed uh, 20 years ago mm. because that would have made uh, an enormous difference. How so? Um, and the, so the lesson is, um, you may think you want to build, uh, an online business and good for you, um, or any business actually. Um, but actually the business is done between your ears. And if you can, uh, really come to terms with, um, uh, what's the upstairs in the attic, the things that you're hiding from, the things that um, you are in denial about, and you can really bring those out into the light and face them and come to terms with them and make friends with them, then things will change in your business pretty fast. Hmm. And I'm curious if, if you would have been through Project Shift 20 years ago, what do you think would be different now for you? I think that uh, I would still be uh, living in France where I am now and um, enjoying life, but I would have started um, making space for myself a lot sooner than I did. Hmm. Um, 20 years ago, I was running around the world um, uh, organizing events and 
uh, I was entirely focused on uh, the external mm. and didn't spend enough time uh, thinking about myself. And, and if I come to terms, if I realized that 20 years ago, I would have been a lot happier for a lot longer. Awesome. So you think the fruit would have been you just been more happier and had more fulfillment along the way rather than just trying to create so much? Yeah, it would have been a more balanced happiness because I enjoyed what I was doing and I was good at it. But um, I would have been able to take time out wanting to take time out and not feel um, bad about taking time out. Awesome. Not feeling that I have to do this, that, and the other thing every day that I could just take the damn dog for a walk whenever I felt like it. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for being here and sharing. Uh, if people want to learn storytelling from you, if they want to work with you, how do they get in touch with you? Where do they go? Uh, yeah, where, where, we, where can we send some people? Well, um, they can find me on Facebook, of course, uh, Rory Ramsden, you know, just uh, search. Um, there's a story marketing tribe on Facebook as well. Um, uh, good place to check in because I'm always doing, uh, I do weekly uh, story training lives in the, in the group. And indeed, you can go to roryramsden.com and check me out there too. So lots of alternatives. Perfect. So make sure you guys go check him out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rory, R-O-R-Y dot Ramsden, R-A-M-S-D-E-N. Uh, make sure you join Story Marketing Tribe over on Facebook. You can go to RoryRamsden.com. Um, they can book a session with you, like a, if they want to have a conversation with you to figure out how, how to play, like whether it's a course yeah, or whether they're working with you. Um, okay. DM me on Facebook. Um, happy to have... Uh, you know, a chat, uh, one hour call would be uh, great to um, talk to you, find out where you're at and what you're doing and what your challenges are and how we can move you forward using story and um, both in, in all areas of your business, because actually um, you are trying to build an emotional connection with your audience and that in, in one word is branding. And that's where story comes in big time. Awesome. Cool. Rory, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you guys go check out Rory. Rory, appreciate you, brother. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it, my friend, Rory Ramsden. And man, this was a really fun episode. I love talking about the sailing and then just getting into stories. And stories are powerful. And I hope our conversation has really inspired you in some way to bring more stories into the copy that you're creating. And I hope our conversation really gave you some insights in how to take your copywriting skills to the next level. And I also hope our conversation helps you avoid some of the pitfalls that many experts make in this game of marketing and sales. Now, if this episode inspired you in some way, I would love to hear about it. Simply take a screenshot of you listening to the show on your device, post it over to your Instagram stories, and tag me at AJ Amix over on Instagram. So my friend, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for being here today. Until next time, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. 
Head on over to AJAmix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast. Bye for now.